right. Last half hour with uh, Robert Casmer. Go to his website, robertcasmer.com, and find out more information. The um, Imago Relationship Therapy is a is one of these. It's an it's one of the different therapies out there. You picked it because it felt the closest to you. And um, it has worked for you very well. I talked to you. You say you're very busy with mm-hmm. what you're doing, which is just wonderful. It shows that not only the way that you work with Imago Relationship is the way to go. The people connect with you and feel very, uh, they trust you and feel safe working with you. So I compliment you on your success for the many years in these economic times that you are doing as well as you do. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, we do have a caller who has a question for you or a comment. Caller, good morning to you, your name, if you like, and you're on the air with Robert Kasmar. Hi. 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 My name is Aunt Jo. Hello. Hi. And uh, I'm going to take it a little bit in a different direction. Yeah. What I wanted to ask Robert is um, when is it appropriate or the right thing to do to end a relationship. Oh. Um, what I'm thinking about is um, a friend that I have known for many, many years. And um, over the years, I feel that I have been, um, that this person is a crazy maker type person. Mm-hmm. Uh, an expert manipulator, as mm-hmm. it turns out, which is not easy to tell until... 12 or 14 years have gone by, at least in my opinion. And that may be my ignorance or whatever, but so um, my opinion is um, there there might be a point where I would say, well, I think that the um, friendship is ended Mm -hmm. or I um, don't want to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. And it's not like it's a a criminal thing or uh, something extreme but it's a a hidden thing (laughs) if i could say that because of the manipulation Mm -hmm. and you know you you get kind of sucked into things that you don't want to be sucked into and then when you say no i don't want to do this then you get a reaction to that that's not positive right anger you know Guilt, guilt Defending, they want to defend their position. And huh. So the question is, how do you know when to uh, end that kind of relationship? Yeah. I mean, do you just say to yourself, well, I've had it? Well, a couple things. I think saying you've had it makes perfect sense. <laughs> um, there, there, there's uh, no concrete information that, in an outline it says when i think we have to listen to ourselves uh and you know if you want to you might begin to think what part of me is afraid to end this relationship possibly exactly what what part of me is uh willing to put up with this and because when we say yes to others when we really don't want to a couple things happen one is we're saying no to what's probably best for us, probably. Mm-hmm. Then inevitably we begin to feel resentment towards them for doing what we don't want to do. And uh, then often we'll feel guilty because of things they say and do. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that I see is, so this person 
is pressuring you, manipulating you to, I guess, do things that you're not comfortable with. Exactly. And so then you feel pressured, you go ahead and do these things, and you, you inevitably feel resentment. Yeah. And then the next step is we want to say to this person, you know, when you said did this, didn't do this, uh, I was really uncomfortable and don't want to do it anymore. Instead of hearing you, they further escalate their argument. They gather more evidence to prove that they're right and prove more evidence to prove you wrong. Exactly. And where soon as we start to debate that, we've taken the bait. The bait. Yes. And we look for them to confirm that, oh, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have done that. And... That was, you know, I was stretching our relationship. I'm sorry I did that. But if they were able to do that, you probably wouldn't have this kind of relationship with them. So we need to be able to validate ourselves. You know, I'm okay in saying no, and it's all right. I don't need their validation to say I'm right and uh, they shouldn't have done that because that probably won't happen. And so it's partially validating ourselves. You know, I just don't want to do this anymore, and I don't need their approval to. Mm-hmm. And there's kind of the hook. As soon as we start to engage in justifying why we do want to do or don't want to do something, we've taken the bait, debate, and there's nowhere to go with it. Mm-hmm. He or she will gather evidence to prove their case and prove yours wrong. And it, most of the time, you can't. It's not measurable. Exactly. And so, don't take the bait. If I can advise you, or mm-hmm. encourage you, delete advice, and just you know, whatever this person's name is, you may be right. I may be doing it wrong, but it doesn't fit for me. And I've made this decision because of what I want or don't want. And that's that's the end of it. If we try and justify it. We're chasing our tails, and uh, we've taken the bait, and we won't get out of that situation. Right, and I think the uh, the justification thing is pretty heavy, you know, and has gone on for a long time. So mm-hmm. there's definitely a, a serious habit going on. Let me ask you a question, uh, Bob. If you if you if you're at that debatable point where mm-hmm. you go like, I don't know how I end this, could you approach it and say, I need to take a break from this? I'm sure any of that. I mean, that gives you a little bit more. Then, obviously, you are creating distance, but you're not cutting it off right away. You let it be more gentle cut, or do you say no? You might as well cut it off. I think it's so idiosyncratic. It's so individual. Whatever a person wants to do. Mm. Um, If you feel like this person's just not going to hear me, no matter what I say, they're going to push their agenda and deny mine. Then you, I think it's the first law of physics. You may have to have an equal and opposite reaction. If they're just not going to hear me, I'm debating my dog. I just end a relationship, don't rent, return calls, or uh, avoid them. If they're willing to hear you, you feel strong enough, safe enough to get your message out. That's you can't you can't control the other to make them listen or agree. Does this help? Yes, it does. And my sense about it, too, is that I need to uh, have some courage about it for defending myself, for what I think is right to do. 
Well, if I can, you don't need to defend it. You just, this is because I'm uncomfortable with it. No yeah. more. And if it's helpful, maybe write this out to help you clarify what you need mm-hmm. and how you want to go about it. Uh, I think uh, less. Write is, it out like W R I T E? Yeah, write, write it, it out. out. What do I want to do here? Help clarify this if I get it on paper. And you don't need to justify it other than I'm no longer comfortable with That's this. Right. That's right. Okay. This, this yeah. hurts my feelings. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. feel good. I feel taken advantage of. End of story. Right. Huh. Anything beyond that, you're going to take the bait and away you go. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I mean, this has gone on for <laughs> over yes. a decade, and wow. I, I still haven't uh, figured it out well. <clears throat> or... No, you have figured it out, else you wouldn't be calling. It is just that you haven't found the strength to uh, to take the action. Exactly. That's exactly right. Well, I guess, you know, there may be part of you that feels guilty, feels like I don't deserve to do this to this person, but right. the loyalty needs to be, I think, and i reluctant to say needs, but I think we do better when we're loyal to our own core needs and listen to ourselves just like on an airplane they tell us to put the oxygen mask on our children for or on ourselves before our children i think that applies here mm. Mm. Yeah. love that i love that <laughs> yeah, it's very good <laughs> and so yeah it, it, when we have these relationships and we all do it they're standing on our shoulders and we feel horrible it's our job to get them off our shoulders. Does, <laughs> does that make sense? It absolutely does. Yeah. And you, you know, there's part of you that may be feeling, I, I, I need to take care of them before me. And you might write that part, see what it has to tell you about why it believes that. You mean like a journaling or something? Exactly. Ah, okay. Give those parts, that part that says... Here's, we're always in, in, in polarized conflict, I think. And if we people weren't, I wouldn't be in, in business anymore. But what I hear you saying, <laughs> what I hear you saying, there's part of me that feels maybe guilty, reluctant, apprehensive to end this relationship. Exactly. Then there's another part of me that just wants to get rid of it. Right. So I might encourage the part that wants to Get out of it. Let Write that out. What is that part telling you? As if it's a separate person. And then maybe write out the part that feels they need to be there. Maybe try and understand where this evolved. And it's probably no longer functional. It may have been very functional at another time in your life. But my hunch is it's probably that part that wants to stay there served a purpose in the past but probably has outlived its usefulness. Wow, that, I think that's great. Well, I hope so. Um, so, you know, try that. Uh, if if it helps, if it doesn't, let me know if you want. You know, I'm in the book, 585-2710. Okay. Okay. Anything else? Uh, that's it. Thank you so much. Yeah, good luck with this. All right. Uh, thank you for the call. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Ah, boy, yeah, that, is, that was a great answer. Thank you. Yes, thank you. Because uh, that is that is a constant struggle as we want to be good people, and so we end up being more enablers. Yes. 
than uh, than actually standing up for ourselves. We're willing to suffer so right. that we we help so-called facilitate enable this other person, and, and, and we're enabling dysfunctional. Uh, behavior behavior yeah and you know i think most of us struggle from going from being passive to aggressive and bypass being assertive mm. but one of the things before we wrap up i don't know how much time we have but i just want to go back to talking about marital maintenance would that be all right yeah few th there's some things that we know from research that makes marriage work better one is often a daily appreciation and it can't be while you're preoccupied with the football game or washing dishes hey i appreciate this when couples sit down eye to eye on the couch across the kitchen table and tell their partner you know i really appreciate you letting the dog out at three in the morning i loved when you rubbed my shoulders those things make a huge difference. John Gottman's research shows that couples that do really well without a lot of assistance have a, a five or six to one ratio of positive exchanges for every negative. And it's easy to be critical and judgmental, but we'll build safety, we'll build connection to tell our partner something we appreciate at least a couple times a week, hopefully more than that. And it may be there's part of me that's still frustrated that you did or didn't do this, but I also recognize that you said this and that was so helpful, thank you. Mm. We tend to just focus on what they did or didn't do that we don't like. Mm. Another thing that the research shows that most couples struggle with reunions and departures. In the average couple's day-to-day -day life, there are two reunions, two <sighs> departures. And when they spend 30 seconds, 15 to 60 seconds at those reunions and, and departures, they report greater satisfaction. So the first reunion is often in the morning. Spend 15 seconds, 60 seconds. How did you sleep? Tell me about a dream. Recognizing, acknowledging one another. The first departure is when people go to work. Again, 15 to 60 seconds. How you doing? Let me know how work goes. What time do you get off? just a hug a kiss connection the next reunion is when people meet back at home at night same thing how was your day have a meal together connect let me hear about the problem you had and then the last reunion or the departure is it going to bed sleep well a hug a kiss make love but when couples have one appreciation a day if they can and connect at those four junctures the research shows their sense of satisfaction goes way up in the marriage. Wow. Another study that I recently read is that when couples hug, full body hug, clothed or unclothed, that for six seconds, certain chemicals are released in the brain that help us to feel just a, a mild sense of comfort and euphoria. What they found is when couples can take six seconds and have six hugs a day, a total of 36 seconds of hugging, <laughs> they feel better. Couples who kiss for 10 minutes at a time feel better. So these are small things that couples can do that they're not climbing Everest without a rope. They're relatively simple. And sometimes it feels like a risk 
to talk to your partner, but both people have to take 100% responsibility and take those risks because without the risk of, of becoming vulnerable, we do not get connected. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. Other thoughts? Well, I'm kind of listening here. Okay. I, uh, it's, uh, it's very good. I, the, the connection thing is huge, and I know more and more just being heard. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I dream... But I don't remember anything mm-hmm. when I wake up. My wife dreams and she knows. And I know, what, like you said, when she, when she starts telling me about what she was dreaming, it, it, it is mm-hmm. indeed. If I, if I, you know, to me it means nothing. So I'm going to go, okay, I got to go, got to yeah. go. You know? But if indeed, if I listen and really with interest and try to, you know, not try, but I'm actually in the moment mm-hmm. with her, huge difference. Yeah, because even though she may say it didn't make any sense, this dream so and so was involved, and we were over there, and we were up in this attic, and we were down in the mm-hmm. cellar, and we were doing over in the forest, and and she says I have no clue where all this came from, but just the fact that she can say that, it has actually become a very enjoyable moment for me to listen to her dreams, mm-hmm. and and I know that it means a lot to her. Exactly, and and it is it it is so much better. Then running over to the TV and watch a little TV when you come home, you know. And not that I do that, but I I know that we avoid. there are times to say, you know, I really got to see this or I want to record this program or whatever. Avoiding is is very simple. It's mm-hmm. uh, the connection part. Indeed, look each other in the eye yeah, and give and each other a hug and a kiss and and say, you know, you love each other and like you say, the appreciation. It's it's very much and and I see that at this stage in my life. I actually am consciously taking more time for that mm-hmm. than I have had, that I've done mm-hmm. years ago. It's, it's, uh, I, I think it's part of me, myself, growing up. It sounds silly, no, but it I, is, I, it's I think part it's, of growing up. I think developmentally that's what happens. As we age, often people move into different developmental stages, the brain changes, more, more, more we become more compassionate, more willing to listen. And but it, it, it's also, I see, because of the connection, I see much more of the value that my spouse brings me. Mm-hmm. And because Wonderful. I see the value, I, I realize how valuable she is mm-hmm. in many aspects of life. Mm-hmm. And so it is reason to hold on to. Sounds perfect. Great. Yeah, it's it's really uh, it's really amazing. It makes me happier, and uh-huh. uh, you know, because it's easy to go into your routine and take the spouse for granted. Mm-hmm. It's a whole other thing. Your life and your routine will be completely enriched if you indeed make those connection points, as you just say. Yeah, I think often maybe it's not the content that our partner is telling us, but it, we miss an opportunity to connect. It may need be what they're saying, but it is a bid for connection. Yeah, you know, come in and complain about politics or talk about somebody in the family. It's an opportunity to connect. When we avoid that, they'll inevitably feel shut down and won't let them move into another part of relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, the, in Imago, we talk about the platinum rule: not giving on to others what we want but listening and giving our partners what helps them to feel loved. We often, men often feel loved through physical intimacy and 
women don't feel that so much. Yeah. And so when men listen to women, what helps women to feel loved, they often have more physical intimacy. Right, that's totally true. Um, there, 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 is a, there is a heightened uh, heightened desire mm-hmm. and to do that. Mm-hmm. But as they sometimes say, you give a man a Ferrari, he'll be your friend for life. You <laughs> give a woman a Ferrari, it's one point. <laughs> it's constantly work. A flower is a point. It's just as much, can mean just as much to a woman as a nice card, as a right. expensive ring. It doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be monetarily. It is... It's the Spending intention. time and the intention. Yeah, and that's part of the marital maintenance, part of re-romanticizing relationship. Hmm. 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 Yeah, it's very interesting. I, uh, you know, I grabbed an article out of the uh, file from, uh, uh, from. I don't know why I put it in the Imago relationship therapy file that I had, but it it says uh, this was from the Chronicle in uh, January twenty second, two thousand three. So this is seven years old, and it says. Because I asked you earlier, what are some of the big changes that you have observed mm-hmm. in your work? And this one says, love and marriage, husbands and wives more move in opposite directions. Love and sex are more important to a happy marriage for men in the late 50s and early 60s than at any other time in their lives, a new survey says. So love and sex are more important to a happy marriage for men in the late 50s and early 60s. Unfortunately for them... That is just when intimacy becomes less important to women. The survey being published, blah, 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 was, came out on Reader's Digest, found that between the ages of 57 and 64, men become more attentive to their wives, while women, finally freed from family responsibilities, find more goals outside of marriage. The guys are, staying, now, are, saying, the guys are saying, now I get it. I want more intimacy, says John. Gottman and Gottman, that's the Gottman Institute. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, a marriage expert who analyzed polling data for the magazine, and the women are saying, "Sorry, bub, I've already done that. I've got my own goals now." So it's uh, again the connection point. We can read the whole article; it's interesting. But uh, uh, isn't that interesting? Yeah, new information for me. (laughs) Well, do you what what age levels do you work with? Uh, probably the average age is 30s to 40s. 30s to 40s. But I've certainly seen people, couples from 18, had a couple come in who were in their 80s. Wow. That polarized is rare, but most people probably late 20s to 40s, some yeah, 50s I would say and so. 60s. Yeah, when they actually get a, either get professionally stronger or when they realize they want to hold on to the relationship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, it's been a great time with you. Thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And all the best. Uh, Robert Bob Kasmer, a licensed psychotherapist in Bozeman. 585-2710 is his number. We're going to be back next week with Dr. Michael Lang. So stay tuned. Tune in for that, I should say, next week. See you then. You're listening to Gesundheit with Jacobus. 